Welcome to the Suicide Prevention Show. We are the beginning stages of launching the suicide prevention movement where we are mission-driven, making suicide, especially teen suicide, a thing of the past. Super happy that you are here. Now, here's the deal. Our next guest is someone you're gonna be so glad you showed up for. When we are talking about this topic of emotional intelligence and EQ and social emotional learning and all of these buzzwords that are out there, there are some places that we might not think of applying these concepts, but we're gonna go there. Our next speaker is Brenda Jacobson. And we're going into this neuro gamification. We're going to take play to a whole new level. And we're going to start talking about changing the game from bedroom to boardroom, all these places that you might not think that social emotional learning needs to be. This game, well, believe it or not, this is a game that you can play from age three to 93 younger and older can also apply. So here we go, magic. All right, make a little magic happen, Brenda. Bring yourself on camera, unmute yourself. Let's get ready to rock this. Oh, there you are. There I am. I love the magic that happens on these shows. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Just the fact that we can get technology working at the same time is magic. Uh, yes, okay, so we, <laughs> we, we have zero tangled tech. I mean, we have been doing a Zero Tangle Tech Summit. For anybody who runs their own summit, I just want you to know, yes, it is possible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you got such great help, though, there, Jackie. I do. I do. And so thank you. That's true. And I have great speakers. And I am super, yeah. super happy to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here again. It's <sighs> a great moment. This is true. We, uh, we do not get a lot of repeat visitors yet, but then we're a new show, so that may change. And you are one of them because you've been on my podcast. You were on the first show that we did, the summit, and now you're back. And you have, holy Toledo, people who say, Jackie, you are so busy. You have so many things going on. There's always something changing about you or your business or... Um, Forgive me for saying this, but you all make me look like I'm holding still. Oh, yeah. yeah. It moves fast. All right. So let's start off with anybody who doesn't know what neurogamification is. They don't know what your company is about. Any of those things. Let's give them a bedrock to stand on, and then let's take them into what's new and exciting. All right. Um, neurogamification is a term that we coined to describe what we eventually built, which was um, a game platform that combined um, brain science with uh, game dynamics. So we just added game dynamics to brain science and um, have, have, have- I'm sorry, how can you say that with a straight face? Oh, <laughs> we just combined brain science with game, yeah, with game dynamics. Yeah. You what? know what, I can say that because I wasn't the one that did it. <laughs> My partner, my business partner, just pops these things out. He's just a master at research and understanding emotional intelligence and social emotional maturity and all of that realm. I just talk to people, so it's really easy for me. 
you know, you said something there that I've never heard expressed, social emotional maturity. Yeah. Now, I've heard of social emotional learning. And I've, I've certainly heard of emotional intelligence because uh, that's part of my background is being in the early stages of the emotional intelligence community. But I've never heard of something called social emotional maturity. What does right. that look like? You know, it takes emotional intelligence, you know, a few steps forward. So when we're looking at emotional intelligence, we, we work with it in four quadrants. So one of, the first quadrant is emotional intelligence, knowing the what. You know, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? Um, what's, you know, how are those two related? And just really understanding that, having that awareness of yourself or your kids or whoever, your, your employees, whatever that is, just that awareness. The, um, the when part of it is the social or is, is emotional resilience, emotional agility. So it's, it's, you know, when, when I'm having these feelings, I'm aware of this, when is it appropriate to react? When does this happen to me? Ah. And when is it appropriate to react on those? When we move down into the, the third quadrant is um, social, social emotional responsibility. So it's, it's being responsible for your own emotions and, and for how you react to other people's emotions in your environment. Now that's a mouthful, being responsible for my own emotions. Yeah. You know? It's not a skill that, that many have mastered, I'll say that. <laughs> it's not a skill that I had ever seen modeled until I came into this whole emotional EQ kind of world. Yeah. I didn't get raised, I, I'll just be blunt. I did not get raised with mature, by mature people. You know, in this context. By, by today's standards, I don't think any of us did. We were never taught this. It was never part of our education. It wasn't part of my kids' education. And right now it's barely part of my grandkids' education. So this is not something that, that our societies have put a lot of value on up until this point. And now mm -hmm. they're seeing the results of that being a lot of these teen suicide rates even adult suicide rates, people are just very disenfranchised. And when we learn these skills and we learn how to bounce back from trauma and we learn how to take responsibility for what we're feeling and what we're thinking, because it's our thoughts that drive our emotions. And if we can, if we can identify those thoughts, and the way that we identify them is by noticing what we're feeling, when we're uncomfortable, when we're feeling anger or irritated mm -hmm. or joy or peace. You know, when are we feeling those things and what is it that's going on in my mind that is creating those thoughts? That's the awareness piece. And then, so when we get down to social emotional responsibility, it's really acknowledging that, you know, you aren't doing this to me. I am, I am doing this to me. I am creating the thoughts that, um, that drive this. Can I share a story on that with you? Yeah, you absolutely can. And I'm going to, that can be a really big leap for some people. So please share a story. So, and this is with my, then I played the games with my then eight-year-old granddaughter, I think it was a couple of years ago. She's 10 now. Um, and we just 
did the I feel and I think, which is one of the techniques that we teach. Not is just one of the techniques that we teach. Mm -hmm. um, one of the one of the basic emotional skills. And so she pulled a card and it was annoyed. And she said, I feel annoyed when her brother and sister start singing. And I said, great. So because, you know, and she said, oh, well, because it's annoying. And I said, because you think, and she goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I think they're never going to stop. And I said, great. Thank you for sharing that. I said, if you thought they were going to stop after one song, would you feel as annoyed? And she said, no, then I wouldn't be annoyed. And then I, so I said, well, if, so does that tell you that it's their singing that's causing you to feel annoyed or what you're thinking about their singing? And she goes, oh, I guess it's what I'm thinking. And I said, so if you don't like that feeling of being annoyed, what, what could you do? Now, this is a seven-year-old, no, eight-year-old, seven, eight-year-old. Yeah. She said, I guess I could think something different. <laughs> I'm going, that's just how simple it is. And that's a really simple example. Wow. But it's not much more complicated than that. It's saying, I, being able to identify the emotion that you're feeling, which many of us can't do. That's the first level of the first foundation, foundational to all of our games is increasing your emotional vocabulary. So you actually have the words to say, you know, people will say, I, I, I don't feel angry. I'm not really angry, but there's something, I don't know. It's not frustrated. And there's so many words in that, in that genre of angry that it could be, it could be scorn, it could be irritated, it could be frustrated, it could be any number of words that all have a slightly different vibration to them. So when you have that word, that you can say, wow, I feel irritated when I think about, you know, whatever it is. Through the games, we develop those skills when you're not feeling irritated. Just right. random emotions, just to get the neural pathways working and deeply entrenched so that when you do have an issue, you can say, I feel irritated. I mean, Jackie, I'm feeling irritated because I think, you know, I think that you left me hanging in that waiting room too long. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like I can yeah. say that. How does that, I'll tell you, let me ask you something. Sure. If I said to you, Jackie, I feel like you're not listening to me. How does that make you feel? Well, um, I'm not sure that makes me feel applause, but we'll go with, um, if you said that to me, I would immediately, one, be more focused on whatever was coming next. So I would raise my level of alertness and I'm trying to think of what emotion that would be because you know, I, I know, like, and trust you. So if you yeah. said, Jackie, I feel like you're not listening to me, I would go, really? Tell me more. Yeah, and it would be a kind of a feeling of curiosity Right. Now, if that same statement was made by somebody I didn't already yeah. know, like, and trust, my emotional response would probably be more visceral, more physical. And right. I don't know what emotion word I would use, but let me just, uh, I feel like you're not listening to me. And immediately there's a little bit of a clench in the gut and there's fear. 
You know, what if they're right that I wasn't listening? What people, what comes up more often when I ask that for people is I feel defensive. Okay. I feel like something, like you said, something comes up and I feel like I have to defend myself. Of course I was listening to you. Like, why would I not be listening to you? Ah. So you, you, and when those defenses come up, the person shuts down, they, they disengage from the conversation. Now, if I've said to you, Jackie, I'm feeling a bit insecure here because I think you're not listening to me. Ooh, is that a different presentation for you? Well, yeah, because now the feeling is on your side. You're giving yeah. that information to me. And I'm taking ownership of it. It's not something that you've done. It's something that I've done. I'm feeling this way because I am thinking this. So it, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't disrupt the, the relationship that's going on, that energetic connection. It doesn't cut that off. It just creates more, more curiosity. You know, right. Often the comeback from that is, you know, why would you think, you know, what, would, what, what have I done that makes you think that I'm not listening to you? And mm-hmm. you know, it just promotes conversation rather than getting those defenses up. All right, so that conversation is, rather than conflict. I like it. Absolutely. I love the way you put that. So that's what I mean by that social emotional responsibility is interacting with other people in a way that, that promotes conversation rather than conflict. I love the way that you put that. That even if, even if something's been triggered in you, instead of shutting down and pulling back or attacking the fight, flight, or freeze, instead of going back into the amygdala, you're equipped to reach out and, and um, respond in a way that, that doesn't jeopardize that. Mm-hmm. That's a social emotional responsibility. The last quadrant is social maturity. So that's really where we finally get, finally get people to um, three questions that they ask. Who am I? So who am I being right now? Hmm. Who do I want to be? Often those are two different things. And then who do I want to be me with? Okay, so we're gonna unpack those three because this is where we get into the promise of this particular segment, which is we're taking neurogamification, we're taking it from bedroom to boardroom because these are the two places where emotions tend to be the most intense. Absolutely, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. I love that term because it is, it's the full spectrum. Full spectrum of life, you know? Um, <laughs> most of us were conceived in a bedroom and many of us aspire to the boardroom. So right. you know, it covers a, a big gamut. So the three questions. Yeah. Would you please give us a story around where the impact might be around each of those questions? Because I Absolutely. just think it's such a great conversation. So I'll, I'll just take an example. Um, I, was, I was out visiting my son and he was, he's an adult, he's got kids of his own. He was making dinner. He told me how stressed he was. And um, I, immediately I went into what we talk about corrective complex. I said, oh, I've got a solution for that. I've got a friend that- Problem solvers of the world. Yeah. If you are a problem solver, if you, you are, are a fixer, Yo, you can own that in the chat box. We are loud and proud right up until we understand that it 
doesn't. Oh, damaging that is to relationships. So uh, I thought it was great. I said, he'll, he'll coach you for nothing. He's a friend of mine. He'll help you give you, just give you some simple strategies to work with your stress. He turned and looked at me and he said, why is it every time you come out here, you try to fix me? And I was stunned. Like the, it just hit me like a bulldozer. And at that point, this was before I even was involved in UEQ before we had brought, brought the card games in anyways. Mm -hmm. And I just, I had to go. Like I, I couldn't even continue the conversation. I just, I froze and then I flew. Like I just took a time out and I had to come back and revisit it with him. And now if I had, if I had known at that time when he said that to me, I would reflect back on, man, who am I being here? Mm -hmm. That's what I know now. I am being someone in corrective complex. I am being that fixer. I am being the one that makes him feel like he, there's something broken in him. And that is not who, that is not who I want to be. So then the next level is who do I want to be? And this is why I took my time out and I came back with a totally different level of conversation that was much more engaging. We had a great conversation after that. Mm -hmm. It's because in that time out, it took me a long time. Well, it took me a couple hours to figure out who, who am I? Who am I being? Who do I want to be? And then I could go back up into the conversation and say, listen, I apologize. I was in corrective complex. I never meant to make you feel broken. I wasn't trying to fix you. Here's what I meant to say. <laughs> Here's what I meant to say. Yeah. Great words. And this is because you realize that what you say isn't always what they hear. They don't like that. My comment to him was totally from the heart. And I, when I went back, I said to him, I don't like, I couldn't possibly be trying to fix you because I don't see you as broken. I see you as playing a really big game and maybe not having all the tools that could help you do that. That was very different language than basically what he heard is you need help and I can provide the help for you. Very different language. So who, who, did, who was I being? Didn't like it. Who do mm. I want to be? Could show up totally different. And then I could decide and he could decide whether that's somebody I want to be with. Now, who are the people that I want to be this new person with? Got it. That's really a powerful question. You know, it's, it, it all ties into circuits in the brain. So there's a lot of neuroscience behind this progression. But when we look at some of the youth today that are just, you know, this world is, you know, it, it's, it's ready for an upgrade. Let, let me put it that way. It, right. needs, it needs an upgrade. And most of these young people don't know who they are or who they want to be or who they want to be in here with. They don't have the tools to answer those questions for themselves. They don't know the questions are even available to ask. And that's one of the reasons that we keep engaged in this conversation is because there are so many people exhibiting signs of high levels of stress. We'll call them incomplete connections in their relationships, yeah. whether it's bedroom or boardroom, the incomplete connections, this lack of feeling 
like it's okay to tell somebody what's going on with you um, and it doesn't feel okay because we're afraid they're going to try to fix it or and this is a big one around this topic of suicide we're afraid they're going to see us as needing help yeah broken when what we're saying is that i don't feel well and i want to talk it through but that's not what we don't think we're going to get hurt at that level and it is this stigma <clears throat> and this knee-jerk reaction more than society's looking down and saying oh there's something wrong with you it's more the knee-jerk reaction of the people we're closest to yeah who go into let me help you with that yeah and you know i have to say jackie that that more i would say 90 plus percent of the time it comes from the heart oh yeah it is you know, people are trying, like with my son, I was desperately trying to help him. It came from my heart. I did not see him as broken. If we understand, but this is where the emotional intelligence piece comes in and the emotional responsibility piece comes in is we have to be responsible for how we interact with people. And if we don't understand that, like, I think there was a study done and they said, what was the stat? Like 90, 90 some percent of the energy put into conversations is applied to trying to convince somebody of our position. That is corrective oh. complex. You know, 95 or 90, 90, yeah. 90, let's say 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. That's so, so we're not alone in doing that. This is a very common pothole that people, you know, we call them conversation traps. I call them conversation traps. This is a very common trap that people fall into and they don't realize the damage that they're doing with it because we've never been taught. You know, you were saying 90% um, trying to convince other people of our position. And I'm going, you know, it could get really close to 100% if you add into it the fact that while the other person is talking, yeah. we're not listening we're strategizing we're planning our next thing we're yeah. you know i mean granted in a conversation like this where i want to make sure that we cover all of the points and everyone gets really good value from this conversation yeah i'm taking notes about what might be a good direction to go but that's a little different than when you're in a conversation in the bedroom and yeah. your partner is telling you that they're feeling disconnected from you. And instead of hearing them and knowing that you could ask them to tell you more, that that would be safe. Instead, we're over here going, well, it might be me, it could be me. What, what if it's not me? How do I make this where yeah. I feel more comfortable? And yeah. brilliant perspective that says it's not what the other person is saying, it's not even the other person's emotions when we're talking about this kind of a vulnerable moment, it's the meaning that we've assigned. It's the thinking that's going on inside our heads. Right. And the more we can become aware of that, the more we have a choice on how to respond, which is my definition of responsibility. That's it's exactly what it is. It yes. The ability to respond. You know, in, in that example that I gave, my son was, was being vulnerable with me, which doesn't happen often. And the way I reacted to it, shut him right down. So we say that when you're in corrective complex, you, you have a complex 
You know, we have that need to fix, right? That's a complex. We give them a complex and we make the whole situation more complex than it needs to be. And so oh. it's, <laughs> I love that. It's true. And I'm not saying that, that offering help, here's the difference. Here's the absolute difference. And this is another skill that we teach. If that same situation had taken place and he said, man, I'm so tired. I'm so stressed. And I, and I said to him, Jason, if um, I have, I have a suggestion, can I offer it to you? My guess is he would have said, no, no, thanks. I'm filled up. Mm -hmm. And then I wouldn't have gone on. Then I just wouldn't, then I wouldn't have put the relationship in jeopardy. If on the other hand, he had said, sure, now he's ready to listen to me. Now he's, now he's engaged because he knows I've got something for him and he knows it's coming from a place that is now solicited advice, not unsolicited advice. Huge. You know, you just gave your, I, I'm, I'm going to just go there. Okay. Many, many parents might be able to ask that question. I have an idea for you. Would it be okay if I shared it? And if the kid says no, the parents start spasming yeah. because they were attached to the outcome of fixing and problems. And, and so I've got to give credit where credit is due. I have, um, I call them highly developed directive tendencies. <laughs> and okay. I have a sign in my office that says, I'm not bossy. I just have better ideas. <laughs> I might as well name the elephant in the room. Yeah. So my visceral, my knee jerk reaction is when I could ask that question and say, you know, you know, I have an idea. Would you be open to hearing it? They said no. And I would be yeah, you know, but wait a minute, I've got better ideas. But it's a really good idea. Yeah, it's a really good idea. And I would have no place to go unless I was going to cross their boundary, make yeah. what I had said by asking permission a total lie. Yeah, and I struggled in that realm for a while. So yeah. the fact that someone can learn these skills with a card game just totally, totally thrills my heart. And yeah. so that's why we keep having this conversation. So for anyone who's heard <laughs> yes. me, heard the two of us talk before, you're going to recognize the website that I just put up because this is your resourceful website. There's a course there that's free. There's lists of emotional words. There's, you know, a whole host of resources, including access to free online game flight. That is yeah. not just for kids. So this is no. the elephant in the room. Many people hear neurogamification and think it only applies to children. Yeah. And, and, it, and like, it's ah. more often that we have adults. Like it's, it's rare that we have children show up on the online gameplay. It's mostly adults or trainers. You know, some parents will show up with their kids. Um, can, I, can I make a qualify what, what we were talking about? Well, absolutely, because we're going to take it into the history of yeah. the, the, where this started from. Okay, so I just want to say that, that there's certain situations, I mean, parents are meant to be guides for their kids. Mm -hmm. No question. They're, that's not wrong to be that. Teachers at school are meant to teach kids. 
those are not wrong. Yeah. Um, and when I say ask permission, there could be a, a conversation that is a must have conversation. Mm -hmm. And if you say, you know, I, I've got an idea or I have something I want to talk to you about, would this be a good time? And you get a no, then it's easy to follow up with what would be a good time. Mm -hmm. And there's a and difference between saying, I have something to talk about, would this be a good time? versus yeah. asking permission to share an idea very different but this is yeah. what we what we teach at these are these fine-tuning things and we teach people how do you ask permission there's a gazillion ways but because we've never been taught to do it i don't know many companies that that bring this in many people within companies that bring this in when we've run corporate workshops this has been one of the biggest transformational moments and the aha moments for them when they go Oh my God, I never do that. So it's not, this is not a good, bad, right, wrong thing. This is just an evolution in our relationships. And this is what I say, the world is ready for an upgrade. This is a, I think this is a really big part of it. May I share an analogy that works yeah. for me? Sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, a tree gets to be this tall. And the next year it's this tall. I've never imagined a conversation that a tree would have with itself, that it would look <laughs> back at how tall it was last year and go, I should have been taller. Yeah. You know, you know in nature, Very there's true. not this concept of things should be different than what they are. And the other thing that we don't see in nature is we don't see a tree get here and decide to stop growing. Yeah, yep, I'm good. I'm done. I'm good enough. Enough it for doesn't me. happen in nature. You know, they grow and expand yeah. to their full capacity. And I think that as humans, we're starting to realize that we're bumping up against this belief system that says, oh, that's all I'm allowed to have. That's all I'm that's allowed it. to be. So yeah. asking this question, who am I showing up in this situation? And who do I want to be? Starts giving permission for people to grow into something, to grow a little more. Absolutely, absolutely. And knowing, you know, as we've all experienced this crazy, crazy time that we're in where most of our systems have broken down. Like we have seen breakdowns in the education system. We've seen breakdowns, certainly up here, we've seen massive breakdowns in the mental health system. There's just no support for people out there because I mean, the system, was was broken for a long time but this pressure just smashed it oh so governments governmental system, almost every system that we have the economic systems with jobs changing people being out of work it is on the surface it looks traumatic and it is traumatic for a lot of people i want to acknowledge that mm -hmm. but the flip side of that coin is it is such a brilliant opportunity for us to to upgrade the systems and it to bring is a totally new world in that accommodates all of these challenges that we did not know how to deal with before this. I'm, I'm super glad that you brought it that direction because I'm, I'm going, everyone who I've listened to complain for the last, I don't know, probably since I was born about the medical system is broken, the education system is broken, that you know, and every, and of course, I'm in America, you're in Canada, you, we've got people from all over the world here. There's always something 
that's not working as efficiently or effectively in the infrastructure of where we live. And yet, no one, I think, realized that what it would take to fix it was to have it implode, to have it collapse under the weight of what one of my friends tagged as the worldwide stress test. Yeah. That that's, that's what we're true. engaged in right now is the worldwide stress test. We're all experiencing it our own way. My daughter, Stephanie, shared with me her take, which is that we are not all in the same boat. You know, we're all individuals. We are all responding. Each of our countries, each of our communities are individual in how they're responding to it. We're, we're all in different boats. Well, we are all in the same storm. And this is the first time in human yeah. history that that has happened. And the weight of the storm has just pounded down the structures that we thought were unassailable. Yeah. And yet, now they're gone. What do we want next? It's well, an amazing yeah. opportunity to create. And how, how are you going to be involved in this? Mm -hmm. Because some people can just keep you know, sticking their head in the sand and whining about it. Or they can take the bull by the horns and go for the ride and do something with it. What do you want to create? Here's what you just described and put your head in the sand. I describe a slightly different way, which is <laughs> we were all caterpillars. You know, we were having good yeah. caterpillar lives. There were good leaves around. We were all caterpillars. And then this thing called COVID happened and we all went into cocoons. Now, yeah. if people really knew what happened to a caterpillar, inside a cocoon if caterpillars knew what they were getting in for <laughs> they wouldn't go there striking yeah you, know, you, you would have no butterflies yeah <laughs> so the process is is total mush everything that comprises the body the structure of a caterpillar it has to dissolve into goo before it can reform and come out as a butterfly now that's a natural process yeah. That's the process that we're in is that things are dissolving and then we will come out transformed, literally two different entities. Yeah. And yet the stress level is so high for people who don't get the possibility of the, the butterfly. They're struggling to go, how can I come out of this still a caterpillar? How can I come out of this still a caterpillar? And that's their whole focus. And when they realize that the world as they knew it, it's probably not going to come back. I think that that's what we're seeing is the accelerated slide into hopelessness because their identity, who they are, that question you started out asking, who am I in this situation? They're so attached to who they were before COVID as far yeah. as the constructs of their lives that they have no concept that it's possible to have a life that's worth living. That's, without that's something different. Absolutely. And can what I we share know for sure is something different coming. Can I share something for anybody who's interested in numerology and even people who aren't? It's just intriguing. Um, so, right now, 2020 is a 22 year. And um, 22 is a master number. And it, it's, um, I'm just looking at it. It's, master num it's the master number of the master builder. And master builders cannot achieve their, their grand designs by working alone. This vibration provides an opportunity for people to experience vast success. 
The number, the master number 22 has a very particular nature and possesses extreme potential, which when unleashed with, with and through others, builds mind-blowing structures, businesses. The master number 22 brings qualities such as insight, talent, courage, intelligence, power, and charisma. 22 possesses the, 22 possesses the ability to think up elaborate plans and bring them to life in a big way. Wow. Isn't that powerful? That's powerful. I that is the year that we're in. That is the year that all of our structures were torn down. And, you know, in the early part of the year, leaving us months to start this rebuilding in such a powerful energy. I, I love that. We can't do it alone. Can't right. do it alone. Those are the most powerful words we could possibly share with the world. This is the year where no one is meant to bring their vision into fruition alone. This is but when we come together, yeah, you know, magic can happen. We yeah. we can we can create the impossible when we come together as a community. All right. So coming together as a community is a really key concept, and the path that of neurogamification and social emotional learning skills, this journey to social maturity is one that is so much more fun when we do it together. Oh, it's, it's community. Good. You know, we, we evaluated our own company on the six different levels of culture, six oh, different really? dimensions of culture through our MDNA tool. And our, and our community was the biggest, the highest score in six different realms. And it's because people love community. They love to know that they're not alone. They love to hear other people's challenges and how they overcame them. That's what builds us. And that's exactly what's coming. What's coming is a different sense of who we are and who we want to be and who we want to be that with. Yeah. What if you had this year for everybody on this call. What if you had this year as the year that your village got bigger? Yeah. That there were actually more people who got to know, like, and trust you, which we'll be talking about later on, but not in this segment. Sorry, that was a total spoiler for later <laughs> segment. Um, yeah, but what, what if, what if who you are and you gave yourself permission to who you wanna be? And you gave yourself permission to ask, who do I want to be that person with? And then I'm going to give another question. Can I, can I say one more thing in there? Uh-huh. When you say, who do I want to be? Remember what I told you about a 22 year and know that anything is possible. Do not limit yourself uh. by who you have been. Because we're entering into a totally new world. So who do I want to be? Take all the limits off. I'm just gonna ask it my way, which is what does your butterfly look like? What does your butterfly existence look like? You know what it looked like when you were a caterpillar. That's everything in your life prior to COVID. Perfect. What does your butterfly look like? Yeah. You know, what are your colors? What are your, yeah. your words? What is the feeling? that is coming for you who are you becoming who are you willing to become and yeah. then 
who do you want to be with? And my last question about that is who can help me meet that person? If the person you want to be that with is not already present in your realm of existence, ask for help. Who can bring that person to me? Who can introduce me to that person? Who can help me stretch? Because that's how you and I met. You know, we were both on a summit. We were both speakers. I mean, we were in each other's realms before. Then you were getting my occasional emails that I send out. Yeah. And I'm going to get help to get that more systemized so people will hear more often. But you, you <laughs> were there. And then we were both speaking on Natasha. Uh, yeah, Natasha summit. We'll just call her Natasha. Um, yeah. And that's how we got reconnected. And it was like, what can we create together? Was, yeah. the, the, was the question that we started with. What can we create together? So if you have heard anything today, if I'm going to speak to the participants, if you have heard anything today so far or in this segment or at any time that, you, that resonates with you, and there's someone that you know that you want to connect with, reach out and start asking. Ask for those connections, whether you're in the suicide prevention movement in that group on Facebook, whether you're in the Becoming Genuine community with the neuro gamification of social emotional learning skills, or whether you're in any community that you're in. I mean, you're not limited here. We have resources for you everywhere, and you all have resources for each other everywhere. So I'd forgotten totally to make sure that everybody had the link to the Facebook group, and we'll get you that in between sessions. The link that's in the chat right now is the one that's important. Becominggenuine.com is where you can learn more about neurogamification, about how to play cards and build the muscles that will allow you to fly further than you ever thought possible as a butterfly. So last words of wisdom, anybody got a question, pop them in. What's, what's the next thing? Because you made, oh, you snuck that in. You made mention of a new tool, the, the motivation assessment. Uh, is that available on the Becoming Genuine site yet? Or was not that yet. Just it a is, total it's for team? teams. Right now we're, we're it's for teams. Okay. So, so it's, we're gonna it's we're gonna get that information to everyone in a later email. We'll bring Brenda back for an update on those. Just imagine a tool that allowed you to identify what your intrinsic motivators are and what the motivators are for everyone on your team, everyone in your family. What if you could be self-motivated? all the time. So that's what's coming in the world of neurogamification. You'll get the notices faster if you're part of the community at becominggenuine.com or one of the other communities of this group. So yeah. Brenda. Yeah. Thank you. As always, I love the conversations with you. They're always so, these are the best conversations, Jackie. I told you that after every summit you have. Um, it's thrilled to be to be part of whatever movement you're pushing forward. <laughs> Thank so. you very, very much. It is an evolution, as you said. And so the evolution of the world 
is what we are all on the edge of. We're yeah. all in the process of becoming, and in our process of becoming, we are creating the world the way that it might look from a butterfly. Yeah. Level it up, right? There we go. Level it up. On that note, mwah, thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. <clears throat>